recording. Are we? Yep. Well, shit. Here Hi. we go. It's us. This is Basic Snitches. Here we are. I'm Adam. I'm Tara. And this is chapter nine. I know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it is. It's chapter nine. Chapter writing nine. Writing on the wall. Writing on the wall of yeah. Chamber of Secrets. What's up? <laughs> uh, you know, reading some Harry Potter, surviving going back into a full week of work yeah so far it's been bullshit last week was uh thanksgiving yep and my birthday yep and i barely worked i left your birthday present at home oh bitch i didn't go home though listeners how often look there's a ghost (gasps) there was a ghost not actually in my house so last (laughs) there might be a ghost in your house there probably is the last two um, episodes we had a fire on my tv and since then one of my co-workers posted this thing on their instagram story called asmr rooms and it's essentially like a screensaver if you will yeah. i mean it's like a landscape or a specific <laughs> well for example right now what it is it's the hogwart great hall with all their floating candles and everything and it's christmas time so they've got the wreaths up and the christmas trees and it's like fake snowing and it's moving and you may be hearing some christmassy sounding, Christmas-y music. sounding things yeah and like the sounds of hogwarts so sometimes <laughs> there might like be the clock tower might be ringing or some, or like doors creaking or something <laughs> like that what perfect thing to put right. on now this that it's december and it's the advent I was actually working, doing reports, I think last week, and I had this on in the background um, on my third monitor, and it was wonderful. So they have one of, like, the Slytherin common room, and so it's, like, the underwater noises, and sometimes you'll see, like, a mermaid or the squid kind of, like, float through the lake, through the windows. So they have all the common rooms, um, they have the library, they have many of the classrooms, and I think they have Game of Thrones ones, too. Heck Yes. But then, like how do they know what the Hufflepuff common room looks like? I'm guessing that some of it might be from Pottermore. Like the old oh, Pottermore. Okay. Oh, okay. Was actually the common room. Like when you logged in. Oh, that makes sense. I don't know because I'm not a Hufflepuff. There's one of them that I saw that is the Slytherin common room from Pottermore. So they might be taking it from that or other kind of artistic works that kind of imagine what it would actually look like in those rooms even though you don't actually see it in like the movies or anything okay so that's my guess well that's cool yeah the hufflepuff gryffindor and slytherin common rooms i think are super calm and chill the ravenclaw one for some reason i'm not a huge fan of but boo that's a discussion for another time so anyways there was a ghost (laughs) it was like it looked like helena ravenclaw like floating across the screen so that's why i said there was a ghost but there was a ghost it was very cool yes anyways last week it was my birthday, and Tara forgot my birthday. <laughs> you guys know how often I bring her gifts, although she did bring pie. I did. And, and pie I is my favorite usually thing. bring gifts, too. We yeah. give each other gifts a lot, but I do have a very not exciting birthday present for you that I will see you next Tuesday. Yeah. So, yes, and now my Christmas tree is up, and I have my Hogsmeade Christmas Village underneath the tree. This episode will be airing on New, New Year's, Year's Day. Day. So, it's still Christmas when you listen to this. Yes. So just so you know. That's a good No shade at us for say. being excited to talk about Christmas. Yeah, so Happy New Year. Happy New Year. This, this <laughs> is the first... Oh, look, there they are. It's Sir Nick and that other bitch. Yeah. Ghost again. <laughs> yeah, this is the first episode of 2020. We're starting off real good, guys. Yeah. So, hey, let's talk about the things. Yes. Okay, so the last chapter was the death day party. I feel like it's kind of a cop-out, 
the loser of the episode is I have to make sure I see <laughs> his name correctly. Is it the Dick Ghost? Sure is. Uh, here he is, Sir Patrick Podmore, or as uh, Sir Nick calls him, Sir Properly Decapitated Podmore, or something yeah. like that. That fucker is an asshole, yeah, he and is. he loses. Fuck that guy. He loses. The win is kind of a cop out, but I'm giving it to Harry. I love Harry's kindness toward Nick through this whole thing. And I think when they're down in the dungeons, he really tries. And I just think it's sweet just trying to help his friend out. So Harry gets the win. Not that Harry doesn't earn other wins. But I, yeah. I kind of expect you nearly had this, Nick, but I get I it. I can't give the win to Nick. It was his death day, though. Aww. Here's why I He really didn't do anything to he didn't, worth He winning. really didn't. Yeah. I would have liked Nick to stand up for himself. Because he was a Gryffindor. Like, yeah. the whole juxtaposition of, we learn a little bit more about it several books from now, but ghosts who choose to stay behind as ghosts and, like, the cowardice to that, that kind of, like, conflicts with the fact that Nearly Headless Nick was a Gryffindor. Had I not known that, this would be my first time reading the book, maybe I would have felt differently. But I still love Nick, and I'm really glad we got to spend time with him. So there was that, and now I'm also leading us into the next chapter with a summary written by Adam that is not nearly as long as I expected it to be. I'm trying. Chapter 9, The Writing on the Wall. Following the last chapter where Mrs. Norris was petrified, by the way, why is she Mrs. Norris? Was she married? Who was her husband? Is Filch also Mr. Norris? That's the backstory I want. Filch is blaming Harry for doing this. Dumbledore later in Dipshit's office discovers that Mrs. Norris has been petrified, not killed. Dipshit knew it all along. Luckily, once the mandrakes are full grown, we find out they can provide potion. This still begs the question, what happens to those mandrakes? Filch reveals that he's a squib and that's why Harry, whoever did this, came after Mrs. Norris. We learn that a squib is someone who comes from a magical family that has no magical abilities. As they're discussing the whole ordeal, they're also finishing up their History of Magic homework, which is judged based on the length in feet. Jay Finch is also seen avoiding Harry. When he brings it up to Ron, Ron calls Jay Finch an idiot. 500 points from Ron Weasley. Just kidding. Anyways, they go to History of Magic and Hermione has the balls to ask Professor Binns, the ghost that Tara and Adam forgot about in the last episode. Yeah, we'll talk about The origin of the Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> That Salazar Slytherin created it to hold a monster that will dispose of anyone not worthy of studying magic, according to Slytherin. Begrudgingly, he tells the class while getting the most engagement ever. Vins don't care about engagement, only facts. Rumors start flying about Harry being the heir of Slytherin, probably started by Mr. Norris slash Snape's boyfriend, which begs the question, are these three in a love triangle? And they go to investigate the scene of the crimes, like pros. They find spiders escaping through a crack in the wall and remember the water that was there when the message was discovered, leading to moaning Myrtle's bathroom. They go to interrogate Myrtle and she's as sassy and depressed as usual. So relatable. Percy finds them coming out of the girl's bathroom and Percy gets all hot and bothered because what would people think if they saw Ron coming out of the girl's bathroom? What if that's the bathroom he prefers to use, Percy? Wow, that's insensitive. There's a joke in there about him being a prefect and a prick. IDK, you figure it out, I'm tired. Anyways, Hermione is stuck on this mystery and can't stop thinking about who the heir of Slytherin is when they bring up Malfoy. Valiant guess. Hermione also brings up the use of Polyjuice Potion in order to try to trick Malfoy into telling that he is indeed. However, they need to somehow sneak into the restricted section to get the book where the recipe is located. They, as in Hermione, are so smart in this chapter. I can't wait to get super disappointed when they, as in Ron, 
fuck it all up in a couple chapters, probably. Yay. Yay. <laughs> so that, that's chapter nine. Huh? Yeah. There we go. I guess it was a little bit more concise than usual. Just it was, yes, it was super concise. Because they go from the follow-up to finding Mrs. Norris petrified and then they kind of talk about the whole thing they do the kind of like their sleuthing and everything which is super super good it is like mystery novel quality shit just even thinking of like how agatha christie does stuff and how they're looking for like the clues and everything like i mentioned the water (laughs) and the reflection of the water and that leading to the bathroom and all of it i really really enjoy that and then they also have this moaning myrtle bit it mm-hmm. it's a lot there's there's so much that we have to so let's through. start at the beginning of the chapter yes the last chapter in this chapter could be the same chapter honestly yeah. it's but like they're already really fucking long filch is a psychopath and he's like yes i'm going to murder children it's fine and then he admits that he's a squib he's like freaking out about it in front of everyone like a fucking child i get that he is sad he's also jumping to the conclusion that she's dead of course i mean everyone is lockhart is obviously too even though he's like i knew she was actually petrified or whatever that's what i suspected but seeing that like you automatically assume that she's gonna be dead so yeah absolutely which is especially something that a non-magical person would do not knowing anything about it even though lockhart is the worst and he's just like i could have saved her and whatever and him just assuming she's dead that's probably really where everyone was thinking except for dumbledore mm-hmm. i really like that dumbledore handles this so well he like pulls everyone out and they all go and lockhart's like oh come to my office it's the closest because of course he does because he wants the attention oh my God, he's one harsh. thing i will say though i'm not like an expert on like dead people <laughs> no well that's uh i know you're shocked to hear yeah that. I... alexa stop listening Bitch was about to interrupt it. I saw it. <laughs> Benefit to recording in the living room. I caught her on her bullshit. Anyway, just from reading like mystery novels and crime novels and things like when a living thing dies, it's not like they immediately have the rigor mortis. Like it takes a while for that to, right. to set in. That's, this is the truth. If Mrs. Norris like died instantly, like she would at least as rigid, you know? Argus Filch obviously isn't a forensic investigator either. I wonder though, because Harry thinks Mrs. Norris looked like she had just been stuffed. So like maybe they're all thinking someone oh, killed like this cat and me. then yeah. fucking stuffed it. Which is even more upsetting. With everything that does happen in Dumbledore's office, I agree. I think that the way he handles it is fine. I think, honestly, also the circumstances, like you said, Argus Filch is a terrible person, but I feel like it's kind of natural for him. He is reacting in a way that isn't completely out of the ordinary. Of course, the one who is, is Lockhart, but we already know. You know what? (laughs) Lockhart, I hate him in this. Uh Snape frustrates me more in this scene. Okay, so I do want to talk about Snape in this because I went back and forth a lot with Snape in this chapter. Fuck Snape in this chapter. He does say, I truly think that they were in the wrong place in the wrong time. However, and then he's like, why were you there in the first place? And of course, Harry is smart enough not to say that he was hearing voices. Right. But yeah, go ahead. I want to hear what you have to say about Snape. So here's my deal with Snape, and it ties into Lockhart. So first of all, Lockhart's being a fucking pain in the ass the whole time, and no one's listening to him, which is great because he's terrible. And Lockhart is like, I could whip this potion up in my sleep. I'm so great. Whatever. Snape is like, excuse me, I think I'm the potions master. I love how defensive that feels. And here's why I love that he's being defensive to this new asshole guy because he doesn't need to be there at all. 
Snape does not belong here in this scene. You have the headmaster, the guy whose office we're in, even though he's a useless fuck. He needs like to be Mag- there. Was McGonagall Whatever. there? McGonagall is there. But Three he, students from her but house her, are yeah, there. That's what I was say. And yeah. fucking Filch is there because his cat is petrified. Also, McGonagall is deputy headmistress. Why the fuck is Snape there? Get the hell okay. out of there. You don't belong That is there. a really good point. I hate him. Because <laughs> at the same time, yes, I get that he's being defensive, but I'm like... Oh my gosh, someone told off Lockhart for the bullshit that he's been pulling the whole time, which I do really like. I did go back and forth for that exact reason. I think it's nice that he's like realizing, Filch, you're full of shit, or whatever like sexy nickname he has for Filch, that is. Oh my, God. my little squiblet. Ew. You are full of shit right now. They didn't do this, but let me see what I actually can get them in trouble for in a logical way. So I will say it's in a logical way, but still bullshit that he brings that up. And then the fact that he gets to pell off Lockhart. But I don't know. I like that that twist that you have that he really should He doesn't need to be, be there, there, which is, I think, my extra frustration with him. I think he's being like, I really love getting this kid in trouble. Also, he's so fucking bad at it because he's like, I don't think Harry should be allowed to play Quidditch. Now that's true, It too. is so... It's completely unrelated. Worst. And then, of course, McGonagall was like, like, you. like, you're full of shit, too. Everyone is full of shit in yep. this instance. Well, I mean, the people who are usually full of shit are full of shit. You know. Expected. Normal. Which are Filch, Snape, and Lockhart. Right. <laughs> so, but I don't know. At the same time, I mean... It's a little bit unfair because I'm always calling Lockhart out for being so fucking slimy. I mean, yes, Snape has a slimy moments too. I was about to say that, like, it's natural for all of them. We know how they are. Maybe for me, Lockhart is just more intensely annoying because he's here for only this book. I kind of talked about how, man, this was chapters and chapters ago now. We were talking about how, like, the Dursleys really fucking suck. And they are pretty fucking bad, especially in this book. So when we get to Umbridge, because we take kind of a little bit of a break from the Dursleys, sort of. Like, they're not as at the forefront in later books. But when Umbridge turns up, she's really, really fucking bad. Because she's there for that short time period. And we're more removed from the Dursleys. That might be why I hate Lockhart more. Because he's here for this short time and, like, we already kind of know these other two are assholes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Can we talk about how Harry asks what a squib is and Ron laughs? Yeah, a few chapters ago, it was the same thing where, like, well, everyone knows that. So it happened with the mudblood thing where Ron kind of explained, hey, this is what this is. But there was something else that was, like, an element of the magical world where Ron was like, oh, yeah, I mean, it's obvious. Everyone knows what this is. Yeah, I don't remember what that is. But I will say I like when Ron is the person that is educating us on wizard things just because of the way he was raised. Mm -hmm. And even though, like, I think it's a little rude of him to laugh and he even is like, oh, I shouldn't laugh it's not actually funny yeah. which i appreciate because that's more mature than ron usually is but i really like when stuff like that happens and because usually he'll like bring up that like one of his brothers showed him this or his dad told him this. and i just i love more weasley interaction more of that ron is our avatar into the wizarding world as far as people who know what they're talking about that's a really great observation a couple other things that are mentioned here again of course there's the whole mandrake potion I still don't think it's time to, like, talk about, like, what happens to the Mandrakes. But I'm still left curious about it, like I said in my recap. Ginny is mentioned again, the whole cat lover thing. So she is, like, even more horrified about Mrs. Norris. And, of course, 
not only is it because she's a cat owner, because she kind of knows the circumstances behind it, which was another lovely bit of foreshadowing. Every time Ginny is mentioned, I'm going to bring it up, I feel like, because mm-hmm. you notice it once you know the story. But if you're a first-time reader, I think you kind of gloss over a little bit more. So then as they are kind of like going away from the situation, they're learning about the squid, they're talking about things, Jay Finch is mentioned again. Jay Finch sees Harry and kind of like bolts in the opposite direction. And Harry mentions it to Ron, and Ron's like, well, he's an idiot. And I was like, okay, hang on. But I take it back to the fact that they're still kids and that they're at school, which isn't usually something I do. I always kind of ignore what age they are and just kind of look at them as if they are our same age. It's like middle school age, you know? There is like gossip and rumors constantly. I'm not saying that's like the right thing to do and that if people are saying that Harry is the heir of Slytherin or anything, but it's like a part of the culture almost, no matter what, if you're at that age. Ron knows that, well, I guess he doesn't know that the rumor is false, but that it's likely not true. Jay Finch being a Hufflepuff too, I think he has a little bit more meekness there, I guess, too. So it's a little bit more, again, in his nature. Similar to how, like, Filch, I think, was being very authentic to his own character. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I kind of wanted to stick up for him. That's my take on that. My response to that is... I don't necessarily think Justin is an idiot. I think later on in the book, before he gets petrified, which is in just a few chapters, so you know. But I think that his reaction to Harry, I don't necessarily think he's an idiot. I think they're all idiots. They're 12 years old. (laughs) I love that Ron calls him an idiot because Ron's like, this clearly upsets my friend and I don't like that. And honestly, I feel like two minutes ago, he was like, I'm going to talk to you because you're Harry Potter. Maybe this, like this complete sudden turn on a classmate that you've actually had conversations with now, he doesn't seem as accepting as he came across. I'm with you on the Ron end yeah. too. Okay, so it's the same sort of thing if, yeah, maybe they he, were like being friendly and everything, but then all of a sudden one of them hears a rumor that the other one is going to beat their ass. And in order to like save face and not even get into that sort of situation, he's trying to avoid it. Right. I, I think that's what it is. And that's what I'm talking about, about this whole like middle school kind of culture. So then they're doing their homework for history and magic. I do really like the whole three foot composition thing. Mm-hmm. It makes me wonder if that really is kind of like a way that people measured things. I mean, obviously not. Like, even when the people didn't have, like, computers or something, it was based on pages still, probably. But I don't know. I thought it's a clever little way to make sure that they meet their, like, requirement for their assignment. I really want to look at the British version because I want to know what... But yeah, I, that's a good I point. feel like it sounds cooler to be like, he wants three feet of parchment, not... Five meters. In the last season, I talked about Professor Bins as being just kind of like irritating mm-hmm. and boring. This chapter, I don't know why, but I really enjoyed the whole thing. I completely forgot that this is where they learn about the Chamber of Secrets. Mm-hmm. Bins is journeying off in his own boring way, and when Hermione interrupts him, that's when everyone starts getting really excited, and Bins finally caves and kind of tells them about it. Also still saying, you know, here's where the facts stop and where the legend begins. So, I don't know, I really, really liked this scene, Also, like, when we were reading it, this is where I realized, hey, this is the other ghost that we forgot about. Because we were talking about what other ghosts do we run into. Oh, that's right. 
because he's such a boring ghost, I'm less interested to learn about, like, the circumstances of how he died and everything. Like you kind of said earlier, too, regarding Nearly Headless Nick and the cowardice behind what causes them to stay behind as a ghost. I mean, maybe that also gets into it a little bit more as well. So yeah, they have this scene in History of Magic. One thing that Binns does say, quote, was, purge the school of all who were unworthy to study magic. And I think I like that wording because then that is goes back to Argus Filch mm. and why the uh, Basilisk targeted him. That's a good point. Rather than it being that it's anybody who is muggle-born, that gives a little bit more explanation, especially in the movie and how we kind of miss that whole scene that we talked about last time. It is a big part of context of why Mrs. Norris was the first victim that is missed. And it supports it a lot better, I think, in the book. And then this is when they kind of go on their little, like, sleuthing adventure. Mm -hmm. And this is where I really, really love Hermione. And I mean, Harry says it too. Harry is kind of like, well, why don't we go check it out and everything. This is where they see the spiders going through wall, Mm -hmm. which we did not talk about this in the movie either, in the movie comparison of the last chapter. But... In the movie, they show the spiders earlier. Mm -hmm. The whole water thing, just everything about Mm -hmm. it. Something else I think is really interesting. You had mentioned how Hermione points out that it's blood on the wall. Filch can't clean it off. Yeah. Why do you think that is? I don't know that it's blood. They say it in the Mm. movie. I can't find where in the book it says it. What if it's just like craft paint? It is. Someone summoned it from a nearby Cannon. Muggle village. Oh, I was just going to say, oh, nearby what? A nearby Muggle village. Oh, nearby. In Scotland. They I were thought just you like, said. Osseo Muggle paint. I don't know. Because I was going to say that Tom Riddle instructed Ginny to go to a Michael's. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought you said Michael village. I mean, maybe. Maybe that's what all the villages in Scotland are. Yeah, they're just People like strip malls and it's strip all malls Michaels. And Michaels. <laughs> crafts. We like crafts in Scotland. <laughs> yes. I also just picture her like very carefully with a little paintbrush and the craft paint painting it on the wall and then later Filch thinking it's blood and trying his hardest to get it off but it just isn't working. Because he's using the wrong shit to clean it off because he thinks it's blood. Yeah. What if he does have a specific What if it's like washable? Thing? Like it comes with washable like instructions like use this this much soap and water and it will yeah. come right off but he doesn't fucking know. You know what's ironic? He probably doesn't have any magic erasers. <laughs> like, that is what would clean up everything at Hogwarts, because they're magic erasers. It would also clean up everything at Hogwarts if wizards were the caretaker who cleans shit up. I really am intrigued to get more of Filch's backstory, like you had said. I just don't understand why a person who can't do magic has to clean the whole fucking castle. Mm. I mean, he doesn't, because we know, we find out later... House elves do a lot of cleaning, but clearly he is in charge of cleaning something. Right. And well, I don't... Then, and why is he there in the first place then? Yeah. You know? Well, he must know something. Yeah. Dumbledore only brings people who are useless to Hogwarts to protect them. To... Sybil Trelawney. And there are so many other things that about Trelawney that I will get there. Everyone yeah. knows I love Trelawney. She is a lot more of a forgivable character than Filch, too. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I agree. I want to know more about Filch overall. Yeah. And then we have this nice scene where they go into the bathroom and they I see Myrtle. love how Ron is like, I can't go in there. That's a girl's bathroom. It's so 12-year-old boy. Yeah. I just love it. And literally the other two are like, it's literally just another room. I mentioned Lego Harry Potter in past episodes. There is another scene where they have to go into the girl's bathroom during the troll incident, which he had no problem going into the girl's bathroom at that point. Right. 
And they literally have to, like, turn themselves into girls or put wigs on in the Lego Harry Potter. For the same kind of reason, the doors wouldn't let them in. Which also bears the question, in the, like, the dorm rooms, if it's the opposite sex, the stairs turn into a slide. Why isn't there, like, the same sort of enchantment for the bathroom? That's a good point. You know? But also, Myrtle's bathroom is, like, hit. <laughs> Like, the sinks are chipped. One of the stall doors is falling off. Does anybody ever even go in there? You know what I mean? Right, no. I mean, apparently, Hermione Hermione has been in there. That's the bathroom you go into when you really, really have to shit. That's what it is. So Hermione must have to shit a lot. Anyways, so they go in and they have this little intro. It's not even the intro to Myrtle. It's just more of Myrtle and learning a little bit more about her. I don't think we actually get too much more out of the scene, but the whole thing about how she dives in the toilet and they can like hear her voice. She's this sassy little girl. She's so sassy. I don't know. She's so like depressing and everything, but I still really, really like Myrtle. I don't know why. She's interesting. So you can't not at least be interested. We meet so many new characters in this book between Lockhart and Lucius Malfoy and Dobby. Modi Myrtle really is like the most interesting that sticks with us. And we see her through a couple different books. And then when they leave, <laughs> this little Percy moment. Aww. Part of me is kind of like, why even include this here? But I think it's the dynamic between Ron and Percy. Another thing that we talked about a couple of chapters ago is Percy's backstory. Similar to how Ginny keeps coming up and it's like a reminder of, hey, Ginny's here and this is important. It's less important than that, but I think laying the groundwork now for future chapters. I mean, it is important for Ron, even what Ron says to him. He's like, you're just worried I'll mess up you being head boy. I think that that all really ties into Percy has one of the most dynamic arcs in the whole series. And he's not ever in the forefront until he's at the like lowest of that arc. So when we get these moments, just reminded that he exists, like you said, but he says, you're worried that I will mess up you getting head boy. And then, you know, in the third book, Percy is head boy. It's a little thing, but also like, if this wasn't in here, you'd be like, oh yeah, Ron has an older brother named Percy. Yeah. We don't know him. I think that's the main thing, but and you're right. And Percy bringing up Ginny, like you said, bringing up yeah, Ginny. Yeah, bringing up Ginny too, again. Because honestly, the twins get so much more page time mm-hmm. because they play Quidditch with Harry too, but they get so much more page time than the other siblings Yeah, until they're gone and then Ginny gets to kind of get more page time. But it's, I don't know, it's very fascinating. And after reading the series so many times, I really like paying attention to little things like that. Yeah. So. Also, I just think of how, I talked about this in one of the last episodes. The first book is so much more about innocence and introduction and wonder. This book is so much more dark, but it's also so much more about the Weasleys. It's maybe one of, I'm going to eat my words later, I'm sure. But (laughs) this book maybe is one of the books that is most crucial in learning about the entire Weasley clan. So constantly bringing him up is really important. I agree. Well, because it's your first time going to the borough and like... Ginny is such an important character Ginny is so important. It's the first time you meet Arthur. Mm -hmm. It's really the first time you get... Like, you get some time with Percy. You see Percy at home. You know, the twins and Ron, fine. But, like, little things like that. They talk about Bill. I love it. 
I talked about, like, the sleuthing, obviously, earlier, and, like, really comparing this to, like, a murder mystery. And this chapter in particular, it's so complex. There are so many moving parts that are introduced in this book, but fit so well, too. Like we said, Moaning Myrtle, the Weasleys, etc. But there's also something that happens right here where they bring up Malfoy again immediately assuming that he is the heir of Slytherin. That's why I think that there are so many of these like parts that fit perfectly. Like all of the stuff with the Mudblood comment and mm-hmm. Balfour being even more of a white supremacist in this particular book and whatnot. So that red herring of them immediately jumping to the conclusion that the heir of Slytherin must be Malfoy, I really, really like because it fits in with that murder mystery thing. But also it really conflicts what happened earlier where they were trying to think, okay, who does Dobby belong to? And they immediately guessed the Malfoys, and they were Mm -hmm. right about it. And in this case, it's the opposite. That was just another, like, little dynamic thing that I really enjoyed here at the end of the chapter. We are introduced to the Polyjuice Potion in this chapter. Hermione is basically telling us about it. Don't get the details on it till next chapter. Yeah. Even when thinking about all of the exciting things about this book and the new things that were introduced to, the Polyjuice Potion is kind of something that, like, took a backseat for me. Then when this came up, I was like, oh yeah, duh. This is where we learn about it. And I'm sure we'll talk about Polyjuice it more in the next episode. Polyjuice is huge this book series. Yeah. yeah, it's one of the main potions <laughs> that is, is talked about. Every New Year's, for the past few years, I've made, like, a Harry Potter cocktail. The first time I did this, I made butterbeer, and it was so, like, non-alcoholic tasting that it, it almost killed me. Then I made Felix Felicis, and that was delicious. Last year, I made Amortentia, the love potion. That was good. I've seen some recipes for Polyjuice Potion. Honestly, like, Felix Felicis has this little tiny thing in the entire series. Amortentia, same thing. But Polyjuice Potion, like you said, it is so crucial. Like, I can think of, just off the top of your mind, and I'm sure there's more, three humongous plot points in this series that have to do with Polyjuice Potion. So that'll be really exciting to talk about in the next episode. But. And it's funded, yeah, Polyjuice Potion. Yeah. Do you have anything else to say about this book? Or this book? Nothing else to say about the entire book. We're done. We're done. Talk to you next season. I mean, I love how that chapter ends. You don't even have to, like, read the next chapter to know exactly where they're going to go with this whole yeah. getting a teacher to sign this over. Yeah. I think Hermione even thinks of Lockhart here. We just don't get into it. He's probably in the forefront of her mind because, you know, she has a thing for yeah. him. Yeah. And so it's even more fitting that Ron's like, he'd have to be really thick. It's a fun way to end the chapter. Yep. Oh, absolutely. So moving on to movie differences. This was a big chunk of movie, too. This is a big chunk of movie. The biggest thing that we both really kind of, like, talked about, and this is getting right into the middle of this chapter in the movie, we don't have Professor Binns. Fine. We get McGonagall. We get McGonagall. And And she tells it really well. She tells it beautifully. Because she's perfect. And in the movie we get Vera Verito, which is one of my favorite spells. Oh, yes. We got the Vera Verito scene movie. I even said, like, when they are, like, panning the camera into her classroom, I was like... Oh my god, is this Verberto? I got like really excited. Really excited. Because really excited. when I was reading this, like I said, like I had an appreciation for bins that I hadn't really gotten before for some reason. So I was like, man, actually having that in the movie would have been kind of nice. Because we get McGonagall and Verberto, I kind of forgive it more. It effectively gets the point across. 
something else that I thought about, because especially since, of course, last chapter, Death Day Party is cut, Peeves is cut entirely from the movies, so is Professor Bins. Mm-hmm. We lose a lot of ghost action in the movies that is represented better in the this books. This is the last movie that nearly Headless Nick is in. I was wonder... John Cleese too expensive to put in the movies? I didn't think of that. But <laughs> I wonder actually if it's the technique for the ghosts. Where they're like, we're going to use it sparingly. I mean, it is also a little bit of like a subplot point. I guess you could say that. But just we don't wonder. get ghost time. We get Myrtle in the fourth one. Yeah. And then we get uh, Helena. Or, yeah, Helena. Yeah, that's okay. We did it in the last time, too. We get they like the gray lady <laughs> yeah. in the last one. And that's it. Yeah. You know, so maybe you're right. Who knows? We're not movie experts in case you didn't know. So we lose so much, like, ghostiness. And I I don't know. I wonder if there was a a reason why. Other than that... The scene in Lockhart's office. Yeah, it's not in Lockhart's office. It's not in his office. It's just in the hallway. I don't care because David Bradley is fucking great. I hate Filch. I love David Bradley's yep. Filch. He looks distraught over Mrs. Should I Morris. change the Neville counter to the David Bradley counter? Probably not, because <laughs> after this chapter, it doesn't really matter. He yeah. doesn't really do much. To be fair, we haven't really seen a lot of Neville. I know. Poor Neville. Listeners, should I go back in all of our other episodes and add in Filch counter? No, I'm not doing that. Don't I don't do have time. <laughs> then it's going to stop here. Like Those are her two big crushes. Ew, I have Neville no crush on David Bradley. <laughs> I just think he's so good for this role. Yeah. Like, perfect casting. But anyway. Also, Sprout is there. I love that Sprout is there. I was really, like, dying to say that when you said it earlier. I was like, that's a movie thing. Despite what I said earlier about how I, like, why the fuck is Snape there? I hate Snape being there less in the movie because Sprout is there. And Madame Pomfrey is there, and yep. the school's all... But again, they're all in one location. They're in the, they're in the hallway, which be, makes a lot more sense. If you're going to have all the people there, yeah, it makes more sense. And I like when Albus calls her Madame Sprout. He sure does. In the movie. I like that kind of, like, reference there. When Lockhart does the another counter curve. Oh, my God. The look on Dumbledore's Dumbledore's face. face, Which was like, sure you did, you stupid bitch. They are having the conversation, of course, about should I have, like, told them that I could hear voices? And Hermione's like, no, it's not a great thing in the wizard world. So I want to say something about that. I don't love Hermione kind of running that little rundown while they're walking. I get it. The movie needs it because also Mm. this is the longest Harry Potter movie there is, which is interesting. I don't love that it's Hermione because actually Ron in the movie, which I I like what Hermione does in the book. I prefer the book, obviously. But Ron comes up with the idea, like, wouldn't it be great if we could sneak into the Slytherin common room or whatever he says? But he's the one that comes up with that idea. Yeah. And Hermione's like, oh, I have an idea. And that's how they get into the apologies thing that Hermione knows all about. Yeah. But when and they do this rundown and she's like, who do you think hates Muggleborns and all of that? Like she kind of leads this thing and it just feels very not Hermione-ish. The conversation between the three of them feels natural, but she leads it. And I feel like that's a conversation that Ron or Harry would Yeah. Lead. This is a bit of like a crossover between this chapter and the next chapter too because there's this scene where they're like in one of the corridors and you actually see Malfoy and Crabbe and Goyle like run past them and that's when they're talking about it and Hermione actually like becomes a little not aggressive that's not the right word but you can tell she's like a little bit pissed off like as she's saying it and then they even say after it like maybe we should sneak into the common room in a crowded hallway (laughs) right 
Again, I appreciate the fact that this is what moves us forward, so it's fine. I will say, during the Veriverto scene, we didn't need the awkward stare down between Hermione and Draco. It's very awkward. It's very too. awkward. And even Hermione being like, Muggleborns, you mean, or whatever, to, yeah. to McGonagall and her doing the nod. We don't need that. Yeah. I don't love that. Especially kind of going back to what Vin said about it being people who are unfortunate not to practice magic or whatever it is. Rewind and figure out what I said. Agreed. I do, however, like in that scene, and she kind of does it like completely out of the blue. Because it's not history of magic. It's like, why even bring it up? Sure, it's McGonagall. It's her head of house. It's someone that she trusts. But when she says it, the entire class like snaps up to it and is like, they clearly all want to know. Including Draco. Draco doesn't even do some little like shit eating thing right. like he usually does. It's kind of amazing. And it is very Hermione to be like, this is what's on my mind. Yeah. I'm going to ask what it is. And I think, honestly, everyone kind of expects her yeah. to be the one to ask it. And she's like, yeah, here it is. Mm-hmm. What the hell is the Chamber of Secrets? Yeah. So, so of course, another big thing that is different is we don't really get that scene that I really, really love in the book of them, like, investigating. Oh, their investigation. Another amazing Hermione scene. Harry is also. I mean, Harry is the there. one that says we should take a look around. Yeah. Hermione is the one who's noticing all these things. She brings up Myrtle again again and the yeah. water that i all really 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 love in the book but of course we kind of get that in the last chapter yeah maybe. we get more of it later including the spiders incident and then we have nothing with myrtle at all in fact in the movie at this point we haven't seen myrtle we have not met myrtle whereas in the book we've seen her twice <laughs> which is unfortunate but then again the reason why Myrtle is someone that we remember over Bins is because she actually gets screen time in the movie. Uh, so that was a big difference. What else do you have about the movie? I think that they did a pretty good job covering what needed to be covered from this chapter in the movie. This movie has a lot more where there's things that happen a little earlier or a little later yeah, as far as like the around. way the book moves. But again, I think that they're telling the story pretty well yeah. with the movie. That's yeah. That's that. So you kind of convinced me to change up my points a little bit. Oh. So originally I was giving five to Snape because I did go back and forth about only giving him them for recognizing that Harry Potter was in the wrong place and for telling off Lockhart, even though he then tried to be like a big old dick and everything. So I was going to give five to him and then take five away from Lockhart just because Lockhart's there. But as we were saying, we kind of know these three slimy motherfuckers enough at this point. So neither of them get any points given or taken away. Okay. So I'm changing my mind on that. So that was the first time that that's happened. I would give you points, but honestly, I don't want to give myself points later because I need to make sure that we're balanced out at the end of the season. So So no points for Tara either. Plus 20 to Hermione because of everything I talked about about the sleuthing. Honestly, when I was reading the book, I'm sure there was something else about Hermione that was like just giving me all the big Hermione feels over Harry. So that's why. Like Harry's right there doing it too, but I don't know. There must have been something else. So I don't know. Read the book and maybe you'll figure out what it was too. But (laughs) plus 20 to Hermione. I'm not giving points to Harry. Um, Harry's great, but I'm not giving him points. Then plus 10 to Dumbledore. This is the first time that we really see a big bit of Dumbledore. This book. Dumbledore in this book. And I, so I hadn't given him any points up till this point. But the fact that he is doing the investigating of Mrs. Norris 
and realizes that she isn't dead and immediately also is like, oh, hey, Sprout also happens to have these mandrakes and everything. We love Dumbledore. We never see him. Dumbledore gets points. I like it. Plus five to <laughs> Professor Binns because I don't know why. I just loved him in this chapter. I have a lot of reasonings in this episode that I can't really explain. Just deal with it. Again, the name of the podcast is Basic Snitches. Basic is in the title. Plus five to Moting Myrtle as well because... <laughs> I love Moting Myrtle, and she's there. And, like, this is where you get more sassiness with her. The last time we saw her in the last chapter, she was just... Mopey. Yeah. The only person I'm taking points away from now, since I'm not taking any away from Lockhart, is Percy. I'm taking 10 away from Percy for that bathroom nonsense. Because, <laughs> I don't know, I didn't like it. Again, these are my points. I got my reasons. You can figure out what my reasons are if you don't like what they are. I don't know. That wasn't a great explanation, but... You don't owe anyone an explanation. No, I don't. Percy, you a dick. You can come on here and be like, 8,000 points to Adam every episode. It would get old, but that's what you want to do. Next episode, get ready. (laughs) Congratulations on your 8,000 points that I gave you the idea for. Slytherin going to win this book, too. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm just saying, you don't owe anyone an explanation. You can make decisions based okay. on whatever well, you want. Well, we'll see. Maybe the next few that we um, do after today, I'm going to just completely like... Just be like, these the are list. my points. People will be like, the fuck? The first couple episodes of this season, remember where I was like, I'm going to reel it back again. We're like smack dab in the middle of the book right now. So guess what? Any rules that we have established thus far, except for the Neville counter, are gone. Like, I'm going to go fucking crazy with points. Anyways, so to recap... <laughs> Plus 20 Hermione, plus 10 Dumbledore, plus 5 Bins, plus 5 Moaning Myrtle, negative 10 Percy. Next time, we will be reading... No, we're not reading shit. We will be talking about (laughs) The Rogue Bludger. Chapter chapter 10. Chapter 10. Do you remember, like, I was trying to come up with an intro for one of the chapters in the first season, and I was like, oh my god, we should do, like... Trixie and Katya do on their little web series. Yeah, and that crashed and burned. Yeah, yeah but I was the rogue pleasure. And you were a flame in a jar. I was a blue flame in a jar. Yeah, blue flame in a jar. Still accurate. We're both those things. <laughs> you are a rogue pleasure. You've never changed. And you a flame in a jar. <laughs> a blue flame in a jar. A blue flame do in a jar. you listen to these oh episodes you edit? <laughs> you're, a, no, you're a red flame in a jar. Are you offended? No. Oh. All right. <laughs> We're going to go eat more pie. Yes, pie. Good night. Happy New Year. Oh, Happy New happy Year. Happy New Year. Make some resolutions. Oh, Adam, what, what, uh, when people listen, they, it will be over. What did you make for New Year's Eve? What do you mean? For your drink. For my drink? Polyjuice potion? I don't know. That it's, would be so fucking fitting. It's not New Year's Eve yet. It is when this is published. I don't have plans yet. Sure. Maybe yeah. I made, maybe I made polyjuice potion. It would be real fitting. Maybe I just put vodka in a fucking thing and I was like, it's invisible. You guys will potion. hear about it in like fucking March or April, yeah, whatever probably. it was. I should do that. I should just buy like a fucking bottom shelf vodka, put it in my big like drinks dispenser and be like, it's invisibility potion. It's also murder potion because that would suck. <laughs> that would die. And happy new year. Bye. Happy new year. <laughs> Basic Snitches is produced and recorded by Adam Bowers and Tara Corkery. Edited by Adam Bowers. And published by Tara Corkery via Podbean. And now available for download wherever you listen to
listen to podcasts. A special thanks to all of you for taking the time to download and listen to us. We hope you enjoyed us. If you enjoyed us, please be sure to rate us five stars on your listening app of choice. And if you didn't enjoy us, then we're sorry you're so angry. Please also connect with us. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Basic Snitches or email us at basicsnitches at gmail.com. We're excited to get more feedback from our listeners and to hear what you have to say about the questions and discussions we have on the podcast. Catch Catch you later, later, snitches. snitches!